This is the Music Mentor Podcast. What is up, girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen? This is Demian, your host of the Music Mentor Podcast, and welcome to episode number 157. So as you heard last week, this is my third year doing the podcast, and I wanted to do something different right from the get-go. And I wanted to do a little Q&A type of situation. So I've been compiling a few questions that I have gotten asked in the past couple of weeks, and I have picked three Somewhat at random, but coincidentally, there are three things that I've wanted to talk about or reinforce about previous episodes. Before I get started, of course, I want to give a shout out to the wonderful companies that I endorse. Zildjian Cymbals, LP Percussion, Vader Drumsticks, Gibraltar Hardware, Evans Drumheads, Simpad Accessories, Nirvana Handpans, and last but not least, my dear friends from Ultimate Ears In-Ear Monitors. And as always... If you are looking to step up your in-ear game or you're looking to purchase your first pair of ears and you want some molds and so on and so forth, look no further. My friends from Ultimate Ears are the best. And if you reach out to Joe Lester at ultimateaudiojoe at gmail.com, you will get a 20% discount if you email him with the code DA20, DA as in Demian Arriaga, 20 as in the numbers 2 and 0. The first question I got has to do with how do I deal with the highs and the lows of the music business? And that is something that I find fascinating because it sort of encompasses things having to do with self-belief and consistency and persistence and perseverance and all that stuff. And whenever I think of the highs and the lows, I can't help but think about a metric in sports or modern sports which is called bounce back ability, right? We see it a lot in football and other sports where they talk about the ability to bounce back that, you know, it's obviously hard to quantify and it's more of a attitude than an actual, you know, objective thing necessarily because you can never quantify, you know, heart in a way. And, you know, not every effort becomes rewarded. But I definitely think that the ability to bounce back and to deal with rejection is very important. And one of the things that I feel is is crucial, and again, this is just my opinion, like everything I say on this podcast, has to do with the fact that I don't ever think of proving anybody wrong or, you know, I'm going to show them why they should have said yes to me or whatever. That's just not something that's in my frame of thought ever. And I understand that some people use it as a motivation, and I totally understand that. And I respect whatever your motivation is. But this is not something that I sort of, that fuels me. I never really thought about that. So in a way, because in my experience, the times that I've sort of failed in three different occasions, I've seen how something better was around the corner. And... You know, not just magically, right? There was, of course, a period sort of in between the the rejection or the bad news till when something better came along. There's a little period of 
mindful mindfulness, excuse me, of self-care, of proactivity, optimism. And there was always also this thought of, you know, things happen for a reason, something that you learn. And it's less of it happening for a reason and you having no control about anything. It's more like, okay, things happened. How am I going to react and what am I going to do about it? Because we can't control things. We can't control necessarily how we feel, but we definitely can control how we react. So I think that's kind of a little bit a way to answer that super interesting long question of how to deal with the highs and lows. I do think that also either one of those or both of those situations is temporary and we have to think about it that way. When you're at the lowest of the low, you need to think of it being temporary about and think about things turning around soon. And when you're in the highest of the high, know that it might not last for a while and try to make it last as long as possible and cherish every single second. And that will fuel your gratitude and it'll help you along the way in as sort of positive way as possible um, from my experience. The second question has to do with family life and balance in relationships. And I've spoken about this before in another podcast, but I think that communication is key, like that cliche about it being the most important thing in a relationship. And I agree. I think it's incredibly important. I think the, the obvious answer of dedicating time to your significant other is important. And the key being time. Time management is very important. And I know a lot of people want that spontaneity and that passion and that sort of unpredictable thing about being in a relationship, which is lovely and I love it. Uh, but a lot of that has to do with establishing priorities with ourselves, with our significant other. Um, a lot of it has to do with expressing whatever we have to express in the most empathetic way possible and being respectful of other people's time and understanding what their expectations are in the relationship and yours as well and try to match and try to be on the same wavelength. And if not, if there is going to be a difference of opinion, try to speak about it and try to lay it out on the line or lay it on the table so you speak about it and you know, kind of know what to expect from each other with respect and dedication and as it comes uh, as or when it comes to children i have no idea how people do it honestly i cannot even comprehend how some of my friends have children you know time wise financially uh, you know responsibility wise or you know whatever i don't understand it so i can't give you a tip when it comes to having children um the one thing i'll say though if you're a person, a musician that uh, feels the pressure of having children and you feel a lot of uh, guilt for not having it or you feel guilt for not wanting children, I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. I've never wanted children um, and it's okay. And I actually encourage it. <laughs> but that's a very personal opinion. The next question I got had to do with dealing with embarrassment. And this is more from an amateur performer that uh, wanted to sing karaoke in her in her company outing and was terrified. And like I spoke about on the Stage Fright and Visualization podcast, a lot of it has to do with understanding what it is that you feel and also the level of preparation that you have. Like I've said before, and you heard me say, proper preparation prevents poor performance. So if that's your first performance, 
karaoke and you haven't practiced the song or you haven't heard the track, maybe it's not the best or safest or more constructive or the most constructive place to put yourself out on the line like that. So maybe try to pick where you would sing um, or when will you perform and try to make it as safe as possible. Or maybe the excitement of doing it in, in a very unpredictable, unsafe place, uh, emotionally speaking, um, is going to be the best for you. I don't know, but I think that's something that I think could help you. Um, the, the, the choice that you make on when to sing and, of course, trying, on, trying to understand what you feel. Is it fright? Is it excitement? Is it nerves? Is it, you know, because somebody in the crowd is going to be there, your boss or whatever? So that's what I would say. And last but not least, about the question is about cruise ships and cruise ship gigs and what my thoughts on them are. So the first thing that you need to know about my opinion is that I'm terrified of open water. And there's something when it comes to the cruise ship that I cannot not think about, you know, being in open water. So that's it's a very biased opinion. So because of that, there might be a reason why I don't find those gigs appealing whatsoever. Um, there were moments in my life where that would was an option when I first graduated from from school and a lot of people were doing it and. I just didn't understand why people do it and what was appealing about it. And I still kind of don't. And I don't want to seem like I'm judging anybody. But, of course, there are advantages of, of taking the gig, except from the money and room and board, of course. But you learn a lot of music. You play a lot of different situations. A lot of things are going to come around and come about that are unpredictable. Things breaking on stage and dealing with new singers every time because a, a lot of them are sort of joining uh, as the, the cruise ship makes stops and so on and so forth. So in a way, I don't see those gigs as part of the music business that I want to be part of. It's like a peripheral thing that it, it's not like it doesn't count, um, but it's just too out there, almost like f literally, physically, it's out there. It's, it's not a thing for me. Um, in, in a way, you know, as much as music can be our livelihood and our job, that feels more like a chore to me. Like, I don't know. It's, 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 again, it's a very personal opinion, and, and I just never really um, saw eye to eye with that. Like, I love tour buses and flying and driving in cities that I like, you know. Um, so the cruise ship thing wasn't the thing for me. And it, I almost feel like doing other stuff more than being stuck on a, on a, on a cruise ship. Um, although I played cruise ships before with Nick Jonas and it was incredible and I loved every single minute of it. It was really interesting, but the actual belonging to a, a cruise ship band is not something that appeals to me that much. So that was it guys. Those that's the time we have for today. Keep your questions coming. You can reach out um, via email or on Instagram. I'm always looking for uh, cool, interesting questions to try to answer to the best of my abilities. And again, these are just my opinions. They're not right. They're not wrong. They just are that, opinions. Thank you so much for listening. This was the Music Mentor Podcast.